Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in, everyone, to the Broncos Blitz. It is Packers Week, preseason, week three, the most important preseason game of the year every year that I'm told. Uh, I am Ryan Green, TJ Carpenter joining me today. TJ. Yeah. The Broncos roster finally starting to kind of take shape. The quarterback's been decided. Shaq Barrett's back healthy. This is the, like I was saying, it's, it's, everyone always says it's the most important preseason game of the year. I want to know from you, is there anything that you can see from the Broncos this weekend against the Packers that will change your opinion about what the team is going to be like this year? No, no. They're, <laughs> I, I mean, they are what they are, right? Yeah. They're going to be a, an elite defense that is dragging a terrible offense through the course of the season. So that's going to suck to watch. That's going to suck for football fans in general, but especially Broncos fans. Uh, we don't know exactly what the record's going to be yet. You know, you won't know until the games start to be played. But, you know, the, the guess is that they're not going to be a great team. This game is more about kind of finalizing your roster, trying to make evaluations on players, kind of a last-ditch opportunity. That final preseason game, you, you make a couple of decisions, but not really – a ton. That's more about refining things, getting into a regular week schedule, and, and things like that. But um, no, other than other than Jamal Charles, I don't think that there are a lot of major decisions that at least fans will be able to come away with definitively that you really care about. Jamal Charles is a former elite player in this league. There are no other former elites or currently elite players that are going to determine anything in this game. So. Um, you know, this game is important for a lot of reasons, but none that I think fans would really care about. Nothing that's going to change the dynamic of the team of the season. Right. I would agree with that. Uh, well, let's stick with Jamal Charles really quick. Do you, does he make the roster in your mind? No, not at this point. I mean, unless he shows something really spectacular against the Green Bay Packers, I think that he's not making the team. It's possible that he does, but, I mean, basically this whole thing has come down to whether or not Jamal Charles is Jamal Charles or whether or not he, he's, he's just a – a figment of his of his former right. self. So at this point, I think you lean towards that just because we haven't seen a whole lot from him. I don't even know if Vance Joseph has seen a whole lot from him, but this looks eerily similar to the way the time in Kansas City ended for him. And um, just all those earmarks kind of repeating themselves to me is a big, um, big warning sign to me that he's probably not going to make the team. So I've been thinking about this. Do you think it's fair that they've given him just pretty much this one game to prove himself. I mean, he's had a long track record a, in a very good career out in Kansas City, one of the best running backs they've ever had. Yeah, uh, It's just been really two injuries that have, you know, halted his career. Mm -hmm. Do you think that he kind of just deserves more of a shot than just one preseason game? Well, that's the, that's the balancing act that they're right in the middle of right now. They're trying to keep him healthy for the season. Right. Yeah. So... If you put him out there enough times to say you got to prove yourself, you got to prove. We're going to give you plenty of opportunities to prove you can still play. Um, that's why I said on the morning show um, on Thursday that look, it, it's it's he. This is one of the few opportunities in which you can make a call on a guy based off of one preseason performance, right? Because it's basically all or nothing with him. If he looks like 
he can cut, if he looks like he's Jamal Charles of old, he's, he makes the team. And you only need one series to show that. Right. Um, if he's not, and he looks like he's rounding off his cuts, he doesn't see the field as well, he, he doesn't look great, um, and he's really concerned about his knee, he's not going to make the team. So, you know, that's – or, you know, heaven forbid he gets re-injured. And I think yeah. that that's maybe the main concern for the Broncos is that they put him out there and he gets hurt and then it's it's over with them. The, the decision's made for them. Right. I always thought that, you know, even even though he's a pro, he's a seasoned veteran, he's had this knee injury before, I thought, you know, at least give him two games. The first game I would kind of let him get all the jitters out. I think any – player would be just a little cautious his first game back after what he's been through but you know the Broncos really aren't in that kind of wait to see if a veteran running back is going to be what he was because at the age Jamal Charles is he's still depreciating no matter what injury he had before so I think I can see both sides of the argument Um, I just thought that uh, Jamal Charles kind of deserved a little more leeway, but again, I get it's a business, and it's a business decision. And so, you're right, that is one player I'm definitely going to be watching for this weekend. The other thing I'm going to be looking for this weekend is, now that Trevor Simeon is the starting quarterback, I want to know what Mike McCoy does with that offense. Throughout the offseason, you heard that Mike McCoy was brought in to tailor to Paxton Lynch's needs, you know, try and unlock this, this quarterback that could be the future of the team, and Trevor Simeon wins again. We never really heard what scheme you know, Trevor Simeon is comfortable in. Do you expect a Kubiak type under center the majority of the time, or do you expect Trevor Simeon to try and run McCoy's kind of open offense? Yeah, I think they're going to run an open offense. I think it's going to be a less sophisticated version of what you see in Kansas City. It's it, There's going to be less moving parts. There's going to be fewer formations, fewer... Uh, I mean, the personnel groupings are going to be mostly the same, but I, I think that generally speaking, you, you look at what... Kansas City does, and McCoy's going to run something similar. They have a similar skill set at quarterback there. They have um, similar, um, you know, pieces they can move around in the offense and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be simplified. It's not going to be as complex as other open offenses are. Uh, but it will be an open offense. They're going to try to run the ball a lot, but I think you're going to see them run the ball out of a lot of different looking formations. Okay, so. When the season comes up, do you expect the McCoy offense to be better than the Kubiak offense was last year in terms of just performance game to game? Or do you expect this team to kind of struggle learning the McCoy system again, Trevor learning the McCoy system, and you're going to kind of get the bland stretches of offense that we saw last year? Yeah, well, you're going to get bland stretches of offense because this offense isn't any good. So, like, that's the first thing. Right. There's only so much McCoy can do with what he's given, right? Yeah. Uh, so he's going to run the ball a lot. He's going to try to try to get the wide receivers involved in short yardage throws where they can get yards after the catch. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm not yeah. exactly sure what this offense is going to look like, but if you're expecting fireworks, you're going to be disappointed. What's the peak for the offense? Top 15? The peak? Yeah, like yeah. if it's running on full cylinders. Oh, if you're if they're a top fifteen offense, if they're fifteenth in the NFL, then you're ecstatic. I think. I think you're in the playoffs with that defense. Um, that's yeah. I think you're on the cusp. Yeah. You you might be uh, competing for a wild card at the end of the year, but yeah, I mean nine and seven is not outside the realm of possibility if they're top fifteen offensively. <laughs> I think their defense is really good, but I also think their defense won't be as good as it was a season ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so. 
and it was really good last year. It's a, it's a really good secondary. They've got great pass rushers. Problem is, I don't expect them to be playing with a lead that often, which means that they're going to have to stop the run. And they were terrible at that last year. Their defensive line, they tried to improve it, but guys just keep getting hurt. So right. until you address that one problem, I, that's the thing with an impenetrable fortress, right? You've got huge, like Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, <laughs> impenetrable fortress, right? But if you have one tiny weakness, um, and that your opponent knows what that weakness is, it becomes the most important weakness you have. Like it becomes the most important thing. So that's the that's the problem is that it doesn't matter if you have this great defense if have, there's one problem and everybody knows it and they attack that one problem over and over and over again it becomes a bigger and bigger and bigger problem because the other aspects of your defense become totally irrelevant because mm-hmm. they're not even being attacked. So um, the secondary being really good and the pass rush being really good is great if you have a lead. <laughs> but how often will they have right. a lead this year? Like it's Especially late in games, I don't expect them to. So mm-hmm. that's going to be their biggest issue. All right, there you go. TJ says that the Denver defense is the death star. And that's right. This one little There's trash. That's suit. right. That's just the the little <laughs> exhaust port. Pull it up. Um, all right. So going back to the offense, what is like the brightest spot on this offense? Is it D'Angelo Henderson? Is it the fact that you still have Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas? Yeah, I would. Those three are up there. That's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. Well, I think their running backs are really good. You know, as much as I think Jamal Charles could make it better if he were healthy and and ready to go. Um, D'Angelo Henderson has been great. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if he is getting more carries than C.J. Anderson by the end of the year. Um, and that's nothing against C.J. Anderson. But we've seen him with injury issues in the past. That's a big concern, obviously. But um, no, I think they've got some weapons there, um, and they'll be able to run the football really effectively if guys can stay healthy. Their offensive line, um, they've improved that, which is good. That'll help Trevor Simeon, certainly in passing situations, but more so than that, if you're a run-based offense, which I believe this one will be, that interior between the tackles is really important. They've gotten better at those spots, and I think that'll help them in the running game. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, give us one more player you're watching this weekend. Um, uh, Let's see here. One more player. Um, I mean, Jamal Charles is really, really big. Uh, also, the tight ends. I want to. We haven't seen Thank much you. from them. Right. <laughs> I, I can't remember a pass thrown to them. Right. So yeah, I'm kind of curious how much Trevor Simeon and uh, you know in the offense utilizes them. Uh, Virgil Green has been a long time Bronco. Oh my gosh, yeah. But a lot of people are talking about him potentially getting cut. So I, I think if there's always one surprise, he could be it. But I think he makes this team. Um, he's better at catching the ball than I I realized based just watching him out of practice after that retirement in Derby. Uh, those are your three tight ends. Um, I want to see something from them because right. they need to be a, a bigger aspect of the offense than they've been. Absolutely. I, I'm literally going to go check the preseason stats for how many receptions <laughs> the tight ends have had. Cause I don't I, think they've until had you any. said it, I yeah. just can't remember because that was one of the position battles. Like you were saying, Virgil's always been the athlete that doesn't really do anything on the field. Jeff Hireman was a guy with a lot of hope that hasn't done anything. A.J. Derby has been somewhat of a dark horse with people – you know, people think he could be the starter. Like you said, like some competitions in camp have settled themselves. Tight end seems still open because we just haven't seen anything in the preseason. Yeah, we don't know what they're capable of doing. The offensive line has worked itself out for the most part. You're still looking at your left guard and trying to figure out exactly what you have there. Um, whether or not Alan Barber is going to be a starter, is going to be a backup. Right. I think those are still questions you have. But, you know, the tight ends – 
I think, think sometimes in the past have been overlooked, but in 2017, the tight end has become a really important aspect of Absolutely. most NFL offenses. And especially with this offense, if they're going to be predicated on short passing routes, your tight end has to be a part of that. Because if you're mm-hmm. just going outside the numbers the whole time, t- defenses will pick up on that very quickly and, and, and root it out. So your tight end needs to be versatile and needs to be effective in your offense. Because if he's not, then your offense is um, it becomes one-dimensional. Yeah, which this Broncos offense might become. Yeah, that's entirely <laughs> yeah, possible. That's, yeah, yes, right. entirely. <laughs> All right, if you're Vance Joseph, how long are you keeping the defensive starters in? Uh, probably a half. A half? Yeah. All right. Probably a half. That's a that's a good amount of time. Yeah. Even no. Von Miller a whole half? Or? Um, n- well, I mean, you can kind of pick and choose with that defense. You don't need to see a whole lot from them, uh, but you also need to get them into game, game mode. So uh, I think that Probably a half. You don't stretch it three quarters. A lot of times you'll see starters play three quarters in these games. I think you, you you reduce it to a half or maybe a quarter and a half or something like that. All right. There you go. That was this episode of Broncos Blitz, the preview episode of the third preseason game for the Broncos against the Packers. The so first, excited. The first home preseason uh, game. Come on. Yes. The, the stadium... Permanently known as Sports Authority Sports Field. Sports Authority I think. Field. Like, That's it's right. It's just always going to be that. Sports Authority isn't paying anything. To pay I would love it. it if they just like don't repair or clean the sign, so that the <laughs> sign also reflects the bankruptcy of the company. <laughs> it's just, I would love it if they have the new sponsor, but like you can still see the outline of Sports Authority <laughs> That's Field, right, like, yeah. over it because it's been there so <laughs> long. The watermark from <laughs> yeah, the letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that would be great. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, yeah, that game is on Saturday. We'll have. Of course, post-game reactions, podcasts, videos, all that stuff afterwards. But uh, yeah, for TJ, I'm Ryan. This has been the Broncos Blitz on 5280 Sports Network.